Welcome back to Declaration Life. I'm Christabel Braden. I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today. On today's episode, we have guest Keisha Graves. She's the founder of Girls Chronically Rock, and she is living with muscular dystrophy. She's going to be sharing some of her story on her diagnosis journey, how she found out that she had muscular dystrophy, and how she's been able to pursue her dreams of starting a clothing line called Girls Chronically Rock. I'm so excited to get to share her story with you. She's incredible. You're in for a treat. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started. So I'm not giving up. Live a declaration life. Declare your purpose. Declare your place. Declare your work. Every episode on Declaration Life, we start out with a declaration that you can speak over yourself and speak over your life today. Because I truly believe that the things that we tell ourselves matter, and we have to be telling ourselves the right things. So for today's declaration, it is, I will pursue my dreams. I want to encourage you today to pursue your dreams Pursue the things that you are passionate about. No matter what has happened in your life or whatever limitations that you feel like you have, your dreams and your passions are there for a reason. So I wanted to give you some practical steps and encouragement on how to start pursuing your dreams. As you may know, I'm a survivor of traumatic brain injury, and living with a brain injury has taught me a lot about living with limitations. There's a lot that I have not been able to do. There's a lot that I still can't do due to my brain injury and chronic pain and headaches and all sorts of symptoms that come along with the decade-long struggle of having a brain injury. But I'm a huge proponent of following your dreams and following what the Lord has placed on your heart to do. Because here's the thing. If you have a passion and a desire on your heart, God has placed it there for a reason. And the best way to start is one step at a time. So I encourage you to set small goals. And they might feel small, but I have to tell you, these small goals are actually the big ones. Because every little step that you take towards your dreams is a big win and a big victory. So set attainable goals, things that you can do today. For example, write down your big goal and then break it up into smaller goal sections. For example, something that you can do this week, something you can do this month, and break it up into sections to help you attain your dreams. Another piece of advice I would have is to simply use what you have. Use what you know. Use the tools that are already in front of you and the things that you already have and build from there. So whatever your goal or dream may be, whatever you already know how to do, the knowledge you already have, the skills that you already have, you might be amazed at the things that you can already do towards your goals just on your own. And then the things that you want to learn, start working towards those goals, learn the knowledge that you need, and move forward. Because while we might have limitations and we might feel like we're limited in our lives, we can still live meaningful lives and reach our goals and follow our dreams. 
So I just wanted to give you guys some advice and encouragement today on following your dreams and make that declaration over your life. Make that declaration over yourself that I can and I will pursue my dreams. It is attainable. And you never know. You just got to keep working towards it little by little by little and not get frustrated by the small progress because honestly, small progress is huge progress. You just have to look at it a different way. So that's it for today's declaration and let's get ready to move into the interview with Keisha. She's so inspirational and I know that you'll be encouraged by how she has been working towards pursuing her dreams. I'm so excited to be here with Keisha Graves. Keisha, welcome to Declaration Life. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you are here. You're amazing. You're a total rock star. Oh, yes. Oh, well, so are you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I cannot wait to hear more of your story. Do you want to just start off by sharing who you are, some of your background with our listeners? Sure. So um, I am Keisha. I am from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I am the owner founder of a business called Girls Chronically Rock. It is a clothing brand. And I started Girls Chronically Rock because I wanted to help inspire and motivate others that may be dealing with a chronic illness such as myself, because I currently live with a disability called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. So that's um, where I'm at right now in my life. But a little bit of background of everything. Um, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in my early 20s. So I, it wasn't even something, say, I was born with or had, you know, I don't know if it's something that was kind of like in your body when you were born. It's like just so weird to this day. But wow. it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was actually in graduate school out here in Cambridge. I'm receiving my master's degree in business. And I just noticed like weird symptoms in my body. Like I would be walking and my leg would kind of like just give out like buckle and I would just honestly like fall to the floor without any warnings or anything but it wasn't like a normal fall like I couldn't like get myself back up like if I wanted to like it was kind of like a dead weight whereas like I needed like assistance to get up so I just noticed it kept happening more and more but I was still not thinking anything of it I just kind of brushed it off and my mom and sister were like you know why don't you go to a doctor because something's not right and I'm like "Mm, whatever you know just like oh whatever you know so then I go see uh because I'm just thinking oh maybe I just need to exercise lose some weight no big deal everything will be fine and then I uh, my mom was like let's go to an orthopedic um at Tufts Medical Hospital which is out here in Boston so I was like all right you know whatever we go see an orthopedic because you know my mom was thinking maybe it's something in my just like my feet so then we go there and I always remember that appointment two doctors come in and they just kind of you know, like just examine me. They're like, oh, raise your right leg, raise your left leg. And like, I was unable to do it. Like my leg wouldn't even go up unless like they did it themselves. So they just kind of like looked at each other like, oh, wow. So they're like, "Um, so I think you need to see a neurologist, you know, because this looks like something more with the neuromuscular. And I'm like, okay, still like not thinking anything of it. I'm just like, whatever. So then I go see a neurologist at my Auburn hospital. And then, you know, that's when we did like several testings. We did like MRI, EKG, EMG, blood work. Um, We did a muscle biopsy where they took a piece of muscle from out of my right leg. And that's when they determined that I have muscular dystrophy. So that was, yeah, pretty much my journey. And of course, that was a shock, you know, because I'm like, where did this come from? Who? Nobody in my family seems to have it. I'm just like, what's going on? You know, because this is like, 
I used to be able to walk up five flights of stairs in high school and college, you know, walk up with all my bags coming home on the weekend. So it was so strange. So of course I was in denial for some time. Like it took a while to get used to it. And when I mean wild, I tell people like pretty much like I feel like the other day is when I totally, you know, learned to accept it. Cause you know, even when I would go on job interviews or things like that, when I used to walk with my cane at the time, I used to tell them like, oh, I sprayed my ankle or I was in a car accident. So I wasn't even like saying acknowledging. So it took you a long time to even be able to tell other people about it. Yes. Yep. I wasn't really telling any family and friends, like even when they would ask me to go out and I'm just like, no, it's like they knew something was up, but it's like, I was just still processing all of this. Like just diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Like what, you know, like what is that? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I have a couple, I have a couple questions and a couple things. Sure. When you were telling your story, you went to the orthopedist cause you're thinking, oh, there's something wrong. And in one second it went from a physical thing to a neurological thing. Right. How was yeah. processing that thinking, okay, well, cause if there's something physically going on, it's a totally different scenario. You're like, okay, well, you know, maybe I need help with my feet or my legs or whatever. And then when it switches to your brain, how was processing through that understanding? Oh, there's something neurologically happening here. Right. That's like, it's, that was a lot. Cause I'm like, Oh, I wonder like, why do you want me to see a neurologist? Hmm, like, what are they going to do? You know, I'm still like, just still confused at the same time. And I'm like, all right, I'll go see the neurologist. You know, it doesn't hurt. What's, you know, what's going to happen. And then that's when, Everything came about. And then at that time, you know, of course, I seen a, a second opinion at that time, like seeing a, another neurologist at Mass General Hospital. And then, you know, of course, they said the same thing, you know, like, oh, you have muscular dystrophy. So it's like every time I went to the doctor, I was thinking maybe one of them is going to say something different. But if that wasn't the case. What a lot of people don't know, too, with muscular dystrophy, there's so many different types, like limb girdle, there's um, spinal muscular atrophy, there's Duchenne and so many different ones and all of them kind of break down into different subtypes. Like, yeah, I was going to actually ask you to explain about what, what muscular dystrophy is. Cause some of our listeners might not know anything about it. And what about your specific type? Yeah. So muscular dystrophy is a form of like a muscle disease where you're pretty much, your muscles are weakened over time. Some people are born with it. Like as soon as, you know, they come up the mom's womb. In my case, I was not. I was diagnosed in my late 20s, so it seemed like some people I've met with limb girdle are diagnosed in their later adult life as well. So, you know, that is still interesting to me as well. But they're all like different types where some may affect more of their back and some of them are physically not able to get up or walk at all. Like, you know, mine's definitely has progressed over the years. Mine's, um, I used to be, you know, I walked with the water, but I was still able to say like bend over get underneath the bed or get in and out the bed on my own and more independently but it did progress over time my doctor did say that she was like you know what is going to progress and worsen over time but um you know I just kind of did what I did there is no treatment there is no cure the only really thing they say is like to do physical therapy so I try to do that at least like as often as I can with still doing exercising at home the best form of therapy people with um muscle disease is um aquatic therapy like in the pool we could do things that we can't do on land. So when I'm in the pool, it's like, I feel like I'm like a mermaid. You know, I'm like doing, I can like jump up. I can do this. I can do that. And then it's like, on land, I can't do that stuff. So the pool is totally, totally awesome. But, you know, I still try to do exercises at home. So 
with the different um, muscular dystrophy. So like there's limb girdle, like 2B, 2A, and et cetera. But with me, I'm like a unique mystery, as my doctor would say, because to this day, I still don't know my subtype. So we have taken several testings like um, saliva. We did blood work and it's called like a genetic testing and they all have came back inconclusive. So to this day, I still don't know my subtype. And because I don't know my subtype, I would be unable to enter, say, any clinical trials that will occur because they wouldn't know how to test me because I don't know my specific subtype. So that's the thing that sucks about that, you know, and I'm just like, oh, who cares, you know, because I'm the type that I can be a guinea pig, you know, we don't know until we try. And the doctors are like, oh, no, that's not the case, because if we were to try a clinical trial on you without knowing your subtype, they're like, you can possibly grow like a third eye. I was like, what? Yeah, I'm thinking like a little something a tummy ache or something, not like a, I was like, oh, a third eye. Whoa. That's like, you know, nothing I was thinking of. So <laughs> I have never even heard of that. So right. That, exactly. So yeah, they told me about that. But yeah, that's the thing with muscular dystrophy. But yeah, my type has definitely progressed over time. Like now I'm in a wheelchair. I'm still able to get out of it and, you know, maybe walk to the bathroom, walk to my bed and things like that. But as far as like long distances, you know, it can definitely take time and shortness of breath. Because it's like all of that respiratory, that's all like muscles and everything being used. So mm-hmm. it's like, I just definitely got to be careful. Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned that it's taken you a long time to even come to a place of acceptance. What has that journey looked like for you? What have been some things that have helped you on your journey of, oh, wow, like this is my life and coming to that place of learning how to live with it. So it definitely took some time. Like I tell people to this day, if you had asked me a few years ago when I was first diagnosed, oh, do you see yourself on speaking and sharing your story and inspiring others? You know, I would be like, no way, because why would I do that? I don't have muscular dystrophy. So it's like, you know, that's how much in denial I was. But I think what helped me along the way was when I first wrote my first blog and I wrote that on Tumblr and it was like, I titled it living with um, limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And, you know, it wasn't until I was like actually typing and saying it out loud where I'm like, Oh wow, I have muscular dystrophy. It was like, it was so weird. It took like that moment of me writing out and saying the symptoms and how the journey started and me falling and going to the doctors. I'm like, look at that. Like I have muscular dystrophy. It's like, it took that, like not what the doctors were saying, it took for me, like, actually writing that out loud. It still took some time, but I knew at that time I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to own my own business. So I, I am a true believer in some things happen for a reason. So I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe this is a way to start my business of sharing my story at the same time. So how I came up with the name Girls Chronically Rock is I knew I wanted something with the word chronic in it. And so I'm like, hmm, what do I want that to say? So then I was just lying in my bed one night and I honestly thought girls chronically rock. And then I just like, you know, I loved the way it sounded. I loved the way it flowed. And then I just kind of ran with it from there. And then that's when girls chronically rock formed. And I'm able to share my story and my platform through there. And another thing that helped me was connecting with other individuals on social media. Because yes, we may not have the same like chronic illness or dealing with the same exact thing, but there's nothing like talking to somebody that understands what you may be dealing with, something that's living with a disability, 
you know, every day. So I noticed I would go online, I would hashtag like disability awareness, hashtag chronic illness, hashtag muscular dystrophy. And that opened up a whole window of whole other people. And I'm like, wow, like there's other people like out there, like myself, like I've connected with other people with MS, lupus. And I'm just like, wow. Cause it's like, you know, they can understand and get it. They, you know, there's nothing like, you know, talking to somebody that understands what you're dealing with on a regular basis. Cause yes, you have the support of family and friends and that's great. I have that. But there's nothing like talking to somebody, texting to somebody like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm like, oh, I had a fall today. It's like, you know, we're one of my friends that have muscular dystrophy or MS or, you know, dealing with some other disability or chronic illness. It's like they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's like I don't have to like go into detail or explain it to them because they get it. I know if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. I found the same thing with finding a community of brain injury survivors as well, knowing that we're not alone on our journey whether it's brain injury or or any type of chronic illness, there are a lot of similarities through our chronic conditions, and we can find hope and encouragement through each other's stories. Right. When you said that you were just thinking like, oh, maybe I'm just out of shape, like this isn't happening. I have a brain injury, and while it's not at all the same as muscular dystrophy, and I won't ever you know, we can't compare, we can encourage each other, but <laughs> yeah. I've, I have dysautonomia, which is a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. And every time I'd go upstairs, my heart would race. Oh, wow. Every time I'd try to exercise, my heart would race really fast. And every time I'd sit up or stand up, oh. I'd get super lightheaded. I never would fully pass out, which that's the symptom of POTS, which dysautonomia is similar to POTS. But so I was like, well, I don't have POTS because I I haven't lost consciousness and I haven't fainted, but I actually had a version of it. And for the longest time, I kept saying, I just need to get better in shape. I just need to exercise more. And so I'd go to the gym and I'd work out and I would try and it would take so much brain energy out of me and outside of the dysautonomia, my brain and my right side of my body weren't connecting right. So every step is was a struggle for the longest time until the last year when I found the functional neurologist. So I would say like when you when you mentioned like, oh, I thought I was just out of shape, like I needed to lose some weight. I know that feeling when wow. you because I, I, okay. I was like, I didn't know everybody's heart didn't race when they went upstairs. Yeah. I didn't know that that wasn't normal because it was my normal since my brain injury. And so exactly. And you just think if I just exercise more, maybe it'll get better and it gets worse, not better over time. Yeah. So you mentioned your business girls chronically rock. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what you do for that? Um, sure. So girls chronically rock. I am the founder of girls chronically rock. I am like the, yeah, the sole owner. I um, don't have any, I'm like business partners or anything. When the business eventually grows, I would love to get, you know, more people on and maybe um, hire employees and things like that. But right now, you know, I do the business on my own. So right now it's t-shirts and I have like tote bags. I have accessories and hats. And I recently, a few months ago, launched a kids line. So I have kids chronically rock as well. Cause I'm like, you know, kids are out there too with um, different disabilities and things like that, you know? So I'm like, let's not forget about them. I love to wear like different graphic t-shirts and inspirational quotes. I just love something like comfortable. Cause I feel like with some graphic t-shirts, you can always dress it up, like accessorize it. You can either wear it with jeans, some different kind of pants, some necklace earrings. So it's like, I love graphic season. So I wanted my t-shirt line to have like different inspirational quotes 
as you've probably seen on my website. So Girls Chronically Rock, of course, is the name of the brand. So I have those on t-shirts. I have Trust Your Dopeness, which I love. Trust and believe in yourself. Trust if you have an idea or you want to accomplish something, you know, trust it. Trust and go for it. I also recently launched Trust Your Abilities. I have Unapologetically Unique. Love that. Thank you. So, and I um, also have Walk With The Twist where I have like, you know, yes, we may have a disability and some of our disabilities are, you know, visible and invisible. I know I used to get stared at before I walked with any mobility aids parking in the handicap spot. And they're like, oh, you know, like why is she parked there? And it's like, you kind of don't know what somebody's story is. Mm. You don't know why I have that sign. Obviously I got it for a reason. Yeah. Because people judge people from what they see on the outside and they don't understand that there might be a lot more going on. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you never know someone's story. So I have like so many different inspirational quotes and things on the t-shirts, some different colors you can order. So yeah, I just, I plan to do so much more. It's like, it's not just even going to be about clothing, but kind of make it into a movement. And my goal is to make it into an empire and to just bring awareness to the disability community, you know, chronic illness, mental health. And then my goal is to hopefully eventually like, um, create an adaptive clothing collection onto the Girls Chronically Rock umbrella with people with disabilities. Because, you know, another thing, people don't understand how long it takes for us to get dressed on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Putting on a shirt, putting on a pants, that takes time even with PCA help. It could be time consuming, which is putting in the arms, especially like myself, I have weakness in the limbs and the arms and putting in the t-shirts, bending over. So I would love to come up with an adaptive clothing line. I would love to eventually get Girls Chronically Rock you know, in clothing um, department stores such as like Macy's, Target, and collaborate with different fashion designers as well. So that's my ultimate goal. You have a lot of ideas. Girl, I love it. <laughs> you are, you're a queen. Look at you. Seriously. I love when you said, I, I want to build an empire. That yes. is amazing. And the advocacy is just beautiful. Oh, also, true. before you were diagnosed, you were already going to get your master's, right? You were already in school. So you were able to adapt your dreams and goals to fit your new reality. Can you talk about what that looks like and that process of adapting what you wish that you were doing before to living with a chronic illness? Um. Yeah, so of course, you know, I always um had a dream of, you know, because I got my undergrad in fashion design and merchandising, And then I went on and got my master's in business. So I knew, you know, I always had a passion for fashion and always wanted to be my own boss. Always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I, um, you know, of course, when at graduate school, I'm being diagnosed, of course, that, you know, again, was a shocker. I'm just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? You know, because, of course, once you hear something from the doctors or once you diagnose, you know, of course, we go online and we start searching things and, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, this is saying so many negative things. Like, what's going to happen? And again, I'm like, nobody in my family seems to have it. Again, another thought was the doctors are wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. So I was pretty much trying to diagnose myself, which, of course, that's why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so <laughs> it took a lot, but I'm glad I had the support of teachers at that time. And they understood, you know, because I had to be honest with them, because even the day I went to get my muscle biopsy, like I was in pain. So I couldn't go to class that night. So I had to tell them something and I'm the type like I like to get like perfect attendance. I don't miss class or miss anything for if I don't have to. So it's like, you know, I had to tell them something of, hey, you know, I've been having these symptoms and, you know, this is what's been going on. And so I'm not going to be able to make it in class today. And they were so supportive in the class that I was in. And, you know, they just kind of really guided me and was there for me during the rest of that journey. And I'm thankful that 
I was able to finish my graduate degree and, you know, able to pursue it and able to attend graduation because my disease wasn't so progressing. Because think about like, you know, when you go on stage, you got to walk upstairs and get your diploma. Of course, if I I had to, I'm sure colleges make accommodations. I think they have to by law. You know, say if like someone in a wheelchair, like they would have to get the ADA ramp or something like that. But it's like, I'm grateful that I I finished it. I went to school when I did and was able to accomplish that and able to learn about the business and how that's how I was able to start Girls Chronically Rock from having the business classes and the fashion classes, you know, from back then. Yeah, that's amazing. So you already had a dream for fashion and business. Right. And after that happened, you went, okay, how can I still do this and do it in a way that makes a difference and makes an impact? Right. That's beautiful. Yes. I'm like, maybe that's why, you know, things happen for a reason. Yeah. I love it so much. That's so encouraging and inspiring. Thank you. I have, I have a question regarding, you mentioned one of your t-shirts says unapologetically unique. Is that what it, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. So when you said that, Oh my gosh. Unapologetically unique. That is beautiful. So I have two questions. Number one, what does that mean to you? And then number two, what encouragement do you have for our listeners on how they can be more unapologetically unique? Sure. So unapologetically unique to me, I, the way I came out of that is like, I'm just like, you know, I'm unapologetically me. Like I'm me, I'm living with muscular dystrophy. I've accomplished and conquered, you know what I mean? Like getting out of bed every day, not, you know, with PCA help. It's a lot, you know, I'm juggling balance in my own business. So I'm like, yes, I'm unapologetically unique. And like, as I mentioned, I have the other um, unapologetically rare, you know, because I thought of rare, like for rare disease. So I just thought, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what makes us so unique and so creative. Some people don't really like to use the word normal or things like that, but it's okay to say like, yes, we're not. Normal is boring. That's another thing I want to put on a t-shirt. Normal is boring. It's like, this is what makes us unique. And this is what, you know, God created us to be and have this, to be able to share our platform with others so people can relate to us and we can inspire and motivate. So yes, you're unapologetically rare. You're unapologetically unique and you can do what you want with, if you have a challenge and it just takes some time and you can get by it every, every day. And my advice for the listeners is, if you have an idea or if you have something you want to accomplish, you go for it. You know, it's like, yes, it's going to take time. And yes, I know it's more easier said than done. I know that some days we may be tired. We may be fatigued. And, you know, when life happens, it does. So it's like, you know, but if you have an idea or an accomplishment, you just go for it. You know, just do what you have to do. And before you know it, your business idea or whatever you want to put in um, fruition, that's going to be up and going before you know it. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that so much. Just go for it. Yes. So what what would you have to say, speaking to somebody who's recently been diagnosed with a chronic illness or a brain injury or who's living with a chronic condition, do you have any encouragement for somebody going through that transition in life and in terms of coming to terms with it? Um, I would definitely say I know it takes time and I know it's always more easier said than done where there's some people I know that just found out they was diagnosed with something and they totally embrace that. You know, they just kind of like, oh yeah, I was diagnosed. Like they start making a YouTube and, you know, things like that. And that's like, it's so inspiring to me because I'm like, wow, like how come I wasn't like that? But it's like every, there's no like right or wrong answer. There's no like, oh yeah, you got to embrace that. You got to just deal with it. Like, no. You, you don't, you know, you just gotta, everybody deals with things in their own terms, in their own way. So yeah, some people may embrace something 
not saying they're happy about it, but some people be like, all right, it is what it is. Like, let me embrace it. Where some people like myself, where it took me years. It took me years. Like I said, going to job interviews, I was telling people I'll break my ankle or I was in a car accident. Like I was saying everything but muscular dystrophy. Looking back, it's like, yeah, I should have just said that because employees, you know, should know the people I'm working with and my manager and stuff. But it's like at that time, I wasn't even accepting the fact that I had muscular dystrophy and also not accepting the fact that maybe they would accept me, you know? So it's like, oh, that was going to You were afraid. Right. Definitely afraid. But yeah, I would say just definitely social media. I'm thankful for that platform now where you can definitely connect with other individuals. So I would definitely encourage someone, you know, in my shoes and your first diagnosis of using the hashtag like chronic illness, hashtag disability or hashtag whatever say you were diagnosed with. And you'll be amazed and surprised how many other individuals um, show up on social media, um, Instagram, especially Facebook. There's so many different support groups for every illness out there. And they would definitely welcome you with open arms. And I know it's hard. It's going to take time, but that definitely helped me along the way. And like I mentioned before, there's nothing like talking to somebody that understands and knows what you're going through on a regular basis. And that would definitely, you know, open up a little bit more. And because that would definitely help. You may not want to talk to family and friends about it, but talking to someone who gets it like is awesome. Yeah, that's really big. Talking to people who understand. Yeah, that was all great advice. I love that. I appreciate all that you have to share. And I love what you said about how everybody's journey is different. And everybody's journey looks different. And your journey of accepting it might not be the same as somebody else's and your timeline isn't the same as somebody else's timeline. And just being kind to yourself on that process. I know having a brain injury, there's a lot of denial that comes in at first as well, because you think, Oh, I'm just going to get better. You know, I'm going to, I'll just heal and I'll just get better and, and things will be okay. And something that I would love to discuss with you, if you don't mind is dealing with something that gets worse over time. Now the difference, like when with having a brain injury, sometimes it does get worse if you get re-injured. It often will stay the same over time, but you're striving towards it getting better. And that's a totally different mindset than learning to live with with something that is progressively getting worse. And I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that. And I admire you deeply for your positivity and kindness and wanting to make a difference and you already are making a difference so can you share a little bit about what it's like to realize that this might get worse and not better and how do you deal with that how do you live with that um yeah so I feel like that took a while too to get used to because like I said when the doctor first told me about it of course you know I was going online doing research like you know it get worse since over time you know because it's like a lot of people don't understand like with muscular dystrophy, so that affects all of our muscles, including the heart. So, for instance, like I go to make sure I go get my echocardiogram once a year to make sure that my heart function is working properly because all of that is a part of the muscle. So, of course, it took some time getting used to because I'm like, what does the future hold? Like, what's going to happen? But I've learned to adapt of just realizing this is something that's out of my hands. Mm. This is something I can't control. And I also like, Tell people, yo, I'm just like, when I get up every morning, I'm just trying to make it out of the bed to the bathroom safely without falling. And I'm like, I pretty much then go from there. Once I get up out of the bed, it's like, the, then I go from there. It's like, I can't even, yes, I'm, I'm an organized person. I still like to plan ahead. 
But it's like, all I can do is take it day by day. And the same thing what's going on now with this whole craziness with the COVID-19. It's like, for some reason, when this first came out, I was saying like, something wasn't right with it. Like, I felt like this was going to get worse. But it's like, again, like I was telling my mom, I'm like, this is something that's out of our hands. I do not see it getting better anytime soon. But I was like, this is something that, you know, we just kind of wait and see what happens. We can't tell the coronavirus. So stop. You don't come back like in the fall. Like, no, this is here and we got to deal with it. And this is something that's out of our hands as much as we want to wash our hands every time of day. It's like, it could come from anywhere. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I've been staying tight in my home and things like that. But it's like, that's just like an example I want to make. I think I'm like, not like, oh yeah, I'm embracing it. But it's kind of like, same thing with living with a disability and it's progressing. It's like how this COVID-19, this is something that's out of our hands. So I think I already had that mindset where it's like, yeah, I, I, I can't control this. You know, it's kind of like, I kind of just have to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you what, what you were thinking of the COVID-19. You beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, yep, that's my, my take on it. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I just love, I love your energy <laughs> and your, uh-huh. your you have this light and this joyful energy about you. And I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> of course, we can't Aww, during the COVID-19, but <laughs> sending virtual hugs for sure. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I would just like to say, you know, we are all in this together regarding the COVID-19 plus, you know, in the disability chronic illness community and I am always, I'm open with you. Email me. Like I respond within minutes, Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, build this community together. And all we can do is take it day by day. That's my thoughts on it. And I don't really know what's going to take place, honestly. And I'm like a true Walking Dead fan. So it's like, I'm like, oh my God, mom, this is how it all started on the show. And she's like, oh gosh. (laughs) So, but you know, that's just really, yeah, I just like, but what keeps me entertained and going even besides the COVID-19 of just being diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, I'm a huge TV fanatic. And I always tell people watching TV shows is honestly, that keeps me sane. If I have like a fall or a bad day, it's like just knowing I have like a TV show to watch. And I mean, I watch everything from Disney Channel to I watch This Is Us. I watch the shows on VH1. I watch like um, Netflix. So I watch a lot of stuff. Like (laughs) I watch a lot, but it's like they keep me entertained and keep my mind going and keep me insane. So I look forward to watching my TV shows. So that's another piece of advice I wanted to add to of just that's what keeps me going, especially during that time of when I was diagnosed. Of just looking forward to watching my TV shows. I'm like, you know, because they just make me laugh and make me feel happy. Yeah. So, so what's a what's a TV show you're watching right now? A recommendation? Um, I watch like everything. Like, of course, I watch like Wendy Williams. I love the daytime talk shows. So I am sad that they are, um, you know, gone right now due to the COVID nineteen. I watch like Black and Crew, like on comes on VH1. I also watch Jersey Shore, The Family Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, you see, I watch like a range of things because I just like they're entertaining to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. My my favorite thing right now is I'm watching it's on Disney Plus. Um, the Disney Plus streaming, if you have oh, that. Yes. But it's called Pick of the Litter and it's a little it's a little reality show on guide dogs for the blind. And watching these dogs learn how to be guide dogs and be trained into being guide dogs for for the blind and it is amazing 
Like it's so good. I have one episode oh, left, and I'm like, actually just found out what for Disney Plus. Do I ever watch that? Oh yeah, you have to watch it. There's only six episodes, but it's actually based off a documentary. I have oh, not seen the documentary yet, but I watched the series first. It's so cute, and it's really fascinating. These dogs have to be perfect. They have to pass every test. And one of the things that I find most interesting is something called intelligent disobedience that they teach them. And these are specifically blind guide dogs, but there are guide dogs for all sorts of chronic illnesses. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, the intelligent disobedience is like if their owner gives them a command to go a certain way, the dog learns how to assess their environment and disobey if it's not safe. So not only is the dog obedient and the dog is able to follow their owner and help them, but they also have to be smart enough to, if the owner tells them to go into moving traffic, to not do it and to stop their, their owner, which is like so interesting watching these dogs learn that. Exactly. Okay. So I might have to check. Yeah. That's my recommendation right now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I definitely have Disney plus cause I was like, I want to watch frozen too. I didn't get to watch yes. it. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I got to catch that. Yeah, I love Frozen too. Okay, well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I will put your contact information in the show notes. Okay. So that our listeners can connect with you as well as your website, girlschronicallyrock.com for people to check out your t-shirts and yes, fashion thank line. you. Definitely check out Girls Chronically Rock. Send me a message and I look forward to hearing from you guys. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I had lots of fun. Thank you so much. Oh, me too. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Declaration Life. Would love to connect with you on Instagram at Declaration Life or at ChristabelBraden.com slash Declaration Life. Subscribe and join for new episodes as we explore what it means to live a Declaration Life.